Welcome to the podcast, Super Friends. Five podcast producers from across North America get together to discuss podcasting. We're always giving you do's and don'ts. Today, we're only going to do don'ts. So there are a lot of things that drive us crazy hearing about other people's podcasts. Sometimes maybe we ourselves are guilty of them ourselves. And just in order to fine tune our game, we're just going to go around the horn here and really talk about what things that common mistakes, uh, pitfalls, traps for the unwary. And um, I'll start with uh, I'll start with Jag. Jag, you've always got a bunch of things that drive you straight up the wall. And um, <laughs> we're just we're just going to go uh, one by one. We all have lists, but feel free to chime in. Everybody, of course, if you're on point. Jag, you start. What do you got? I'll start with one that I think we've all talked about many times, and that is the giving the typical rate and review my podcast as the call to action at the end of your podcast. Uh, I think this probably started because a lot of folks are doing it on YouTube and it may have some merit on YouTube, but in terms of a podcast, uh, ratings do nothing, but e- <laughs> Matt has the, the, the super ready to go at the bottom. Of, for those of you on audio, it says do it for our podcast. podcast, but don't do it for yours. <laughs> um, no, but rating and reviewing the podcast, it's good for an ego boost and social proof for the host, but it's not going to boost you up the charts. It's not going to improve your Google SEO. It's not going to dis- uh, improve your discover- wow. discoverability. So uh, the better call to action is to follow the podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening right now, in my opinion. And I'll throw it to the group for anybody who wants to disagree or agree. I just have a follow-up. You, you go, Matt. You go. I, I want to know if it's okay to ask people to rate and review the podcast if it's at the end of the podcast, as opposed to at the beginning of the podcast, where I think in the past you've always said it's most annoying and most useless. I agreed. I'm glad you said that, Matt, because asking for uh, asking to rate and review a podcast before you've listened to it, if you're a first time listener, is po- even more pointless. I'll say at the end it's less egregious, but I'm still not a big fan of it personally. I would put it in the show notes too. Like if you wanted to have a call to action, just throw some of the shows that I work on. We put it in the bottom of the show notes and it just says rate review on Spotify, link to the Spotify show, rate review on Apple, link to the Apple one. I did want to play a little bit of a disagreement. I don't think you should. I don't think you shouldn't do it, but it shouldn't be your first call to action. Your first primary call to action is to get them to follow the show. Like you said, Jack, because you want them coming back more and more. But if someone's coming across your podcast, because it happens, you scroll, you stumble across a podcast on Spotify or on Apple. And if you see one that has 355 star reviews versus six five star reviews, you're probably going to gravitate towards the 355 star reviews. So you're correct that it's not going to bump you up the charts by some algorithm, but I don't think you should ignore it altogether. But it primarily should not be your only and first call to action. To use Catherine's favorite phrase, loving counterpoint. Yes. Um, I think you're right. There is merit in getting ratings and reviews, but I think there's a real danger in asking for more than one call to action because I feel like especially if somebody is driving or walking the dog or not giving you their full attention, you start throwing out two, three, four different things to do, you're probably going to get them to do none of them. The confused mind does not buy. And if you have have one Mm -hmm. shot at getting your audience to do something, I would use that very strategically. Is that the title of this episode? I think we got it now. Well done, Catherine. Cool. Let, let's not misunderstand that it's good to ask for feedback for your podcast, but rate and review on Apple podcast is hardly the only mechanism for that. So I think you guys would agree. It's always good to develop devices to get feedback from your listeners. One, one follow-up question I would have of the group is I work with someone who says we really want to be in the top 10 of education and training podcasts. So 
they're wondering what they need to do to, and if it's not to ask people to rate and review, what is it? Um, anyone have an answer? <clears throat> anyone have an answer to that? I can tell you what I told them. I don't know if I'm right. Jack, you, you got it. My first follow question is why, why do you want to be in the top 10 for an ego boost? But to answer your specific question, David, uh, this is goes back to, uh, Rob Walsh from Libsyn to podcast movement. Apple's algorithms take into account new subscribers or, or followers. I should say, sorry, bad habit there. Slap myself on the wrist, <laughs> new followers for your podcast. If, uh, that factors in how many new people have been following the podcast in recent days. And that is the biggest factor in bringing folks up the chart. So back to square one, have them ask their listeners to follow them in Apple. And share, I guess. It's always good to ask to share. But again, don't ask for too many calls to action or you'll, um, you'll get zero action. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's shift gears. And Matt, you are, uh, you're at bat. And Catherine, you're on the on deck circle. So swing about or get loose or whatever you have to do. Um, <laughs> Matt, what do you have for us? Um, I would like for everybody to please stop putting microphones in artwork. I absolutely <laughs> think it's it, it's not original. Uh, everybody does it. And if you think like Seinfeld doesn't have a TV on its artwork, hmm. Steven Spielberg doesn't have hmm. a film reel on his. So why do we do this? I, I think one of the reasons that this has evolved and happened is that this is what the uh, alleged graphic designers on Fiverr think of us. I, I need mm -hmm. a piece of artwork in order to get into Apple. So I need something square. What can you send me? It's a podcast about, could be about anything, but it always seems to show up with a microphone. And I'm like, why? I, I don't know. It's, it's just, that's what I think the, gra the alleged graphic designers on Fiverr think of us. And I am not an exception uh, because I actually went to a graphic designer. I said, could you make me a logo? And this right here was the... Um, that was my first logo for the Sound Off podcast. So, mm. I, you know, guilty of it, too, back in 2016. Honestly, I kind of like it. I mean, listen, it's a, it's a podcast about broadcast, so it would make sense that there's a microphone in it. But it doesn't stand out because everybody else has a microphone as well in the artwork. And okay. so, I mean, you really want to stand out in, in, in Apple Podcasts when you're in the library. If you're on Spotify, your artwork is really going to. Uh, be one of the things to, you know, make it eye-catching. 57 by 57, I know it's just a little thumbnail size, but when you create artwork, you should be thinking about the same way that the artwork was created for albums like Rumors and Boston mm -hmm. and the Eagles. You know, that <laughs> nice mm -hmm. big square piece of art. And don't put too much writing on it like this guy did right here. This has too much writing on it. Don't do what I did. Anyone have any other um, pet peeves on logos? Because I have a couple, but... I have a follow-up question for Matt, actually. Yep. So you don't need a microphone if it's podcast artwork because if, if somebody's searching Apple or Spotify for podcasts, they know it's a podcast. Mm. Counterpoint, if you're continuously posting content on social media with your podcast artwork, say it's an audiogram or something to that line, is there any benefit in having a microphone or headphones there so somebody on their Facebook feed says, oh, hey, that's a podcast? How about the word podcast? I, I think that's a little better. Well, I... I the logo I think behind Matt would probably me kind hate of that too, Well, I think content is just content, you know, like when it comes to posting about that specifically, I think the person viewing it could care less whether it was a podcast or not. It might, might be nice to know so that they can follow up more, but if they're just consuming that individual piece of content, then they're going to scroll on and go about their day. I, I'm not sure it's a, it's the biggest deal in the world to let them know whether it's a podcast or not. I mean, I, I think do think you want to avoid confusion. And so sorry to interrupt you there, Matt, but, but the, I think to, to Jag's point, if it's, it's kind of a random thing and 
it's, you know, you've got a clever title, but that's all you've got. And it isn't a social media feed. You might like for someone to know it's a podcast by just a glance. That's, that's, that's just my thought. Matt. Yeah, My beef is just on the main artwork, but to, when you do market externally, you should, it's going to be different. I mean, I guess the B part of the artwork problem that I have, it's also words like too many words in, in the artwork. It's really just mm. art. You don't need to have all these words in there because it's going to be surrounding the artwork anyway. The title and the author tags are, are displayed prominently nearby. So, but if you were to do, you know, that marketing um, externally, let's say you put it on Facebook. Yeah, you should definitely, you know, maybe have the word podcast in there. You can totally do it a, a completely different way. You know what, what makes you, people? You know what makes people click your podcast when they're when they're searching across it. Sorry, David. You know what makes okay. them really click it? Good content is you as a non-famous person having a beautiful headshot of yourself <laughs> right there. Everyone, oh wait, no one knows who you are. Why are you putting your face on there? Find okay. something that is going to attract the eye, and I pr- and as beautiful or as handsome as you might be, it's not going to be your face. If you're not, unless you are a Ryan Reynolds or someone that is uber famous, you should not. You should get away from putting your face on the cover art. Well, I I totally agree because the, that uh, touches upon one of my pet peeves, and that is it really should don't make it look like an ad for anything. A lot of professionals who are I'll pick on, I'm a lawyer. I'll pick on them. You know, a lot of lawyers will do a podcast and it'll be like the attorney, you know, Brian Jones podcast and he'll be smiling and it just looks like a billboard, it, it, you know? And so, you know, uh, but Johnny's right. People are tuning in for your content. So if you're, I mean, if you, if your podcast is about biking or visiting the mountains or fly fishing or whatever, that's what the logo should be right now. If you have a, t- a microphone in your logo, you might want to rethink that. If you have a microphone tattooed on your arm, there's not a lot you can do about it. <laughs> except wow. I, I understand that. So some decisions are mostly irreversible. Um, Catherine and uh, Johnny Podcast, you're on deck. Catherine, um, got a new topic for us? Oh, yeah. This one's going to be a little controversial. I'm just going to tell everybody right up the front. I think it is time... High time, if you would, to do away with the little stinger before your episode absolutely starts. Some people like to have a little teaser, a little clip that they think is hot from the conversation that is about to come. I got to tell you, I'm starting to think that sounds a little dated. I will share my philosophy is let's get to the good stuff. You can get right into the episode. I even some of my favorite podcasts, they do something where the intro and the housekeeping, if you will, they come after the flow has been established with the show. Now, that takes a little bit of skill and a little bit of hosting magic there to get things going. But why don't why not? You have an audience who has already opted into listening to your episode. Let's get to the good stuff. You don't have to give them this little fake teaser. I don't I don't think they actually work that well because they're out of context. Uh, I even if I have a teaser that seems like a little bit intriguing, it's not like I'm thinking about when am I going to hear this later on in the episode. So I'm going to say drop the teaser, drop the little stinger at the front and just get into the episode. Let's go. Let me ask you a follow-up question. I have a podcast I do with uh, a co-host and we have a a humble yet loyal following and we get a lot of feedback. We get a lot of emails. We tend to shout the people out before we get to the meat and potatoes of the podcast. We say, before we get started, let's shout out. We we heard from, you know, Jim in in, uh, North Dakota. He had this to say, 
Should we not be doing that at the top of the show? Well, that to me is actual content. That's not oh, a clip. That, that's not a clip from later, you know, like, oh, hey, you're about to hear. Think of where you're going to hear this in the rest of the episode. That is your actually that is the start of your show is to welcome and greet all of your listeners. So I think that's great. Yeah, um, I know exactly what you're saying, by the way. I call it a teaser quote. I don't know if there's a better word for it, but some of them can be great. Others, I don't know. And, and to the new listener, it might be halting. It's like you might think you're actually starting the podcast in the wrong place. Like someone's just talking. I don't know who this person is. So you risk confusion. Any other um, thoughts on Catherine's observation? Anybody want to push back or I, amend? I, I don't. I want to know, do you want to take the knife out of my chest or just leave it? In? <laughs> 40% of my job is is pulling teasers from these podcasts and put them in the front. So I'm like, I'm like shell shocked over here that this is not cool anymore. Um, I, I would lovingly push back on that. And I would say that I'm very pro uh, the teasers at the front. I think that they're a great way to key up a really fun moment from the guest. The goal is to make you feel something, laugh, cry, something to get you emotionally invested in what you're about to listen to rather than the first words be Joe Smith. Welcome to the show. So I think it's a great way to get the list, uh, especially a new listener into what sort of the vibe of the show that you're getting into is. If it's a comedy podcast, it's going to be a heavy laugh at the front. If it's a really emotional episode, it's going to be a really heavy moment coming from that guest. One episode that I wanted to highlight, I can't remember specifically what it was said, but it was a brand new, it was a new way I've seen of doing a teaser at the front is from the My First Million podcast. And they had on Cody Co, who's like a multi-million subscriber YouTuber. And the, the teaser, normally we're shooting for like 25, 30 seconds. This was like a 90-second teaser, but it was the most interesting questions that were asked and then the first one or two words of his response. So one of the mm. questions was, mm. I had somebody else on the podcast who said, who's going to be the first three billionaire YouTubers? They said, Mr. Beast. They said, somebody else. And they said, you. What's your reaction to that? Well, I have to say that. And then it cut to the next clip with some music behind it. And really interesting. And I was like, oh, I really want to hear what he has to say about all these things. So... I would I would plant myself in the camp of I'm not going to say no to what you said. I'm just going to stick over to my pro teaser side. I'm going to can I play the middle ground here? Oh, sorry, Catherine, Go. you want to make a point. Let's I was just going to say a, a reframe on your my my knife right into your heart, Johnny, would be I have just <laughs> saved you 40 percent of your time. But back to Jag. 40 percent of his fees, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think no, no, I think your podcast should never be predictable. And it's funny, Catherine brought that up just now. I was just editing a podcast where I had done a 40 minute interview with the guest. The guest was very good. And I hit stop and we were kind of just talking afterwards. And then he gave me a great piece of content after I'd stopped recording. And I was like, wait, hold on. Let me hit record. Say that again. <laughs> And uh, the rule is never stop or hit and stop on your quarter until you're done. But um, but it was a really good piece of content that didn't fit anywhere um, logically in the flow of the podcast. So I'm not it's not a teaser in the sense that it comes up later in the podcast. I just took that one minute clip and that went and that went before the intro of the, the produced intro of the podcast. So he tells this uh, compelling story that gets your attention and then it goes into the podcast and then I introduce him. So I think there are situations where it's warranted. But it's okay in a podcast to have some episodes where it's there and where it's not. I think the worst thing you can do, to Catherine's point, is force it. You know, you're, I think it was Matt at one point who said, your content's really not that good. You, can't, you don't have four or five pieces of absolute gold. And if it wasn't you, Matt, I apologize. But have, it was Matt. It was Matt, okay. <laughs> if, you've got a, if you've got a really good piece of content, use it. But don't force it to find a really good teaser if it's not there. 
Why yeah. do we do that? Why? Why? Like, I always thought, like, why does this even exist? And it's I, the James Bond model. Okay, I, I thought it was a public radio thing. I, like, where in public radio, they would play a clip of the show that was coming up in order to get you to listen to the whole hour. I, I think it was kind of rooted in that, and I think people just kind of gravitated to it. Although, well, it's a, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's definitely cousin. It's cousin of that. Jag is referring to the rule where you put the car chase in scene one of the movie. So you you better have your popcorn and be sitting down because it's starting right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our overall goal is it's no secret. It's to make our content compelling. So how do you do that? Maybe it is the old trick and, and it's like it's perpetuated by TV ads. We remember the, the joke, the old like there is a, a common household spice that's probably in your spice rack. That's actually a deadly poison. We'll Saturday tell you what it is. Stay tuned. Yeah, Saturday Night Live. It was an SNL bit. Yeah, we'll tell you what it is after the break, and then it's like, well, God, gosh darn it! I better come back after the break, or else. Uh, I, I and might. they never give it away, right? They just tease the it, entire sketch, right? Yeah. So, but you know, we've all we've all the 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 social media version of that, or just the the internet version of that, is clickbait, right? It's like you right. know, you 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 won't believe what Gwyneth Paltrow is putting in a jar now click here, right. <laughs> or whatever. Um, but, but yeah, I guess, I, I mean, I, I, I'm of the camp that if it's, if it's really good, then, then use it because once in a while, like to Johnny's point, you do get that killer quote. You're like, wow, that is great. And that encapsulates this gate guest perfectly. And I think that helps, but, um, Reasonable uh, minds and, and, may disagree. Go ahead, Catherine. And I, again, I just want to reinforce, I'm saying get to the good stuff, meaning, it doesn't have, maybe it isn't hello, welcome, John. Maybe you're getting right into something yeah. that is that is hot or the question you know that the audience wants to hear. I'm saying get to that good stuff as fast as you can. Yes. And and just to tie off what David was saying, I think the 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 way that we can make this relatable to everyone watching or listening is that if you're doing a podcast and what's I mean, I, I always come from the standpoint of like these interview podcasts. That's mostly what I'm working on. I think that's what a lot of us work on. A lot of these people that are being interviewed, they're coming on small podcasts. And so they themselves are relatively unknown people. And so you want to find the best way to say, hey, here's why you should listen to the next 80, 90 minutes of this person you've never heard of. Here's why they're super interesting or super knowledgeable or super insightful. And then you go, oh, I didn't know who John Smith was before this, but turns out he's an expert on how they're launching the, you know, Starlink satellites into the sky. And this is that's how it boom. Now, now I'm bought in. Now, now I really want to hear what this person has to say. All right. Issue three or four or whatever we're on. Uh, Johnny, you have a new topic for us? Yeah, mine was don't ignore the quality of your audio, meaning the mic and your internet connection. So a lot of these podcasts that we're doing, they might be, (laughs) Catherine, they might be uh, remote-based interviews. And if you, the host, are recording on your AirPods or you're recording with a terrible internet connection, you're hotspotting from your cabin in Maine, it's just going to turn out crappy and you have one really one chance to entice a new listener and show them that you mean business. This is a professional podcast. This is something that you should be listening to instead of the Joe Rogan experience, instead of Barstool, instead of, you know, whatever the podcast you're listening to. And if your audio quality isn't at least on par with a top podcast, then you have no business asking for, for their time. And I understand that things happen and people have tight budgets, but I've put out all of us, we put out tons of content of like, here's how you can get a high quality sounding podcast or at least meet the bar 
for less than $100 is literally a USB microphone that you plug into your computer and you keep it close to your mouth rather than sitting this far away from it. It's just, you know, I see people that just, they don't put these things to memory and it drives me nuts because that's all I listen to all day long is audio. It is really not that difficult to remember to keep the mic right in front of your face, to plug it into your computer, to spend, you know, $100 on a quality sounding microphone. It will take your podcast to the next level. Granted, your content has to be good. But the base level is you have to have a strong internet connection if you're recording on a Riverside or StreamYard, and you have to have a quality microphone if you're going to have a podcast. It's just, it is, it is just the basic 101. Are you okay if the host has a good mic and he's interviewing someone clearly remotely and that person sounds like you can, you can understand what they're saying, but it clearly sounds like Absolutely. they're on. That's okay, Absolutely. right? And that's why, you hire, that's why you hire a producer. That's why you do some basic audio engineering stuff. We've talked about this all the time. Descript has great tools. Adobe has great tools. There are things that you can fix and there are things that you can do beforehand. A lot of what I do is jumping and doing like these audio checks. I know, Jag, you do, you do this as well. Um, we will jump on the Riverside or you know Squadcast or whatever it is before and talk to the hosts and, and make sure that they're all squared away with their equipment and then we'll go to the guests because they're going to need a lot of attention. All right, take out your AirPods. Let's test and see how your computer mic goes. Uh, let's get out of that room. I can hear a siren outside. Please close your window. Get your dog out of here. Your kids <laughs> are running around screaming. Let's try and quiet that down. Turn off your Outlook notifications. Those are buzzing everywhere. <sighs> And then something that we've been doing recently is there's a $35 condenser microphone on Amazon that you can just send to your guests. Yeah, you, mm. can, they can, you can coordinate trying to send it back, but maybe it's just a gift. And some of these podcasts yeah. I'm working on, we are slowly ridding the world of people coming on the podcast <laughs> without microphones. It is stupid easy to plug. You literally plug it in, you turn the knob up, boom. You now have 10x your audio for minimal, literally less than $40. And you can one day it from Amazon to there. So that, that is my biggest pet peeve. Uh, I don't want to ignore our studio audience here, our online audience. And Paul Atkinson, thank you for chiming in. He writes as follows. Something I'm always working on is improving audio video production. Need more lights about to upgrade the studio. Maybe we'll get to that subject a little bit. I need more lights in my studio also. Um, But uh, so totally agree. I'll give an example of what you just talked about, Johnny. The late night hosts during the writer's strike launched a podcast you guys may have heard it's called Strike Force Five. So it's Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel. And I won't even name all five of them, but there are five of them. And they did one episode where Colbert was clearly, he didn't have a microphone. He was just talking to his computer. And Kimmel is on a perfect crisp microphone. And man, that drove me up the wall. Because of all people, of you know, these guys have all the resources in the world. Not to mention that, like you say, Johnny, there are tools to clean it up that they could have cleaned it up afterwards. And um, I'll give credit to you, Jack, because you're the one who first told me about it. But the studio sound feature on the Descript app is um, almost magical. I mean, it, it, it doesn't save everything. If, nope. if your audio is horrible, you're, you're probably out of luck. But if it's a little scratchy, a little zoomy, a little distant, it will pump that up and make it sound crisp. And that's why it's called studio sound. Go ahead, Catherine. I just recently had a audio where the guest was on AirPods and studio sound just made it sound perfect because, yeah. you know, we, 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 people are trying to do the right thing by having the AirPods, but they are the Apple AirPods are not great. They are great for listening. Yeah. They're not great sound. I think I think the old Apple Air, what do you call them, earbuds w- with the wire and the microphone yeah. on the side. That's better, I think. It, well, and you, to, you to, to Johnny, sure, yeah, you just have to make sure it's not rubbing up against your collar because right. then it gives you 
Yeah. <laughs> ASMR it's sounds. Horrendous. Yeah. It hits scratching sound that's just it's impossible to get out. And to Johnny's point, if you if part of your strategy for your business is being on podcasts, it is totally wonderful and great for you to invest in your equipment because you want to sound good too. It's not just for the podcaster. If you plan on being on more than a couple of podcasts to promote your whatever you're doing, your services, your book, whatever, go ahead and invest in those things too. Yeah, yeah, you're you're representing yourself. That's the first instance that a lot of people are going to get to consume it. It's like, oh, this guy doesn't give a crap about what he's doing. He's sitting at his laptop with sirens going off in the background. Like, <laughs> yes, you might be the smartest guy in the world, but I instantly dislike you. Yeah, it is. And, the, the, you know, that first, we've all talked about how the first 30 seconds are so important. And you can lose me in 17 seconds if the audio sounds terrible. Exactly I'm done. 17 seconds. <laughs> uh, maybe 60, 18 if I'm in a good mood. Um, uh, Jag, I'll turn it over to you in just one moment to lobby a, uh, to, uh, a new topic out there. But I'll, I'll add one that is uh, maybe not related, but it has to do with the beginning of the show for sure. Um, one of my pet peeves is when you take the time to do an intro, maybe a nice voiceover intro with some music and then your music cuts kind of abruptly. And then there's a, a split second of silence and then you hear the host talk. I don't know if this bothers anybody else, but you, you took the time to do the intro. Take the time to edit the podcast so that that music fades out nicely over the voice of the host as the host comes into the show. That's that's what sounds professional. And for some reason, people, maybe it's laziness. Maybe it's like, well, I don't know how to edit. Well, you know, 60 minutes watching a YouTube video, you could probably learn how to edit pretty easily that way. I don't know. Am I, am I being uh, cold hearted? Anyone have thoughts? No, no, it's, it's, no. it's just, it's what, it's those little things where it's like, don't you care about the product that you're putting out there? Name one piece of really popular, whether it's media or a podcast that does something like that. It's, it's one of those little things where it's, it's going to take a little bit of extra work. Maybe you outsource it to somebody say, Hey, I'll pay you yeah. 50 bucks to make a really cool pre-recorded mix uh, for an intro. And then you just have it as a stock file and it just drops in and it fades out every single time. And you just drop your first audio file right as that music starting to fade out. I, I, I edited a podcast, not for one of my clients, but like third party through somebody else today where the music stopped abruptly. And then it was a three count, three full seconds Ooh. of dead silence <laughs> before the podcast started. And I went, these guys are morons. Yeah. And it's, it, it is really jarring because you, you say you're driving and then that music stops. You go, Oh, did I lose service? What happened here? Right. And then it starts right. back in. It's, it's just, it's, it's, <laughs> It's just little things like that that you just once those are dialed in, you don't have to think about them again. But you got to they got to be at the top of your mind when you're starting to put this thing together. Absolutely. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast for kids flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. 
Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. Well, here we are, a few years after we left our previous jobs. We've been busy. We have a podcast. I know, you're thinking, who doesn't? But ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors. Activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn. Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, Women of Ill Repute. The Podcast Super Friends support Podcasting 2.0. So feel free to send us a boost if you're listening on a newer podcast app. Find the full list at newpodcastapps.com. All right, Jag. You're up. What do you got? I, 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 I don't want to go here because it's a dead horse, but so we can be very, very brief about it. But if you want me to give you a second one, it's the Blue Yeti microphone in that uh, it is the worst thing for a bad product is good marketing. I can't tell you how many times I have run into a new client who, oh, I'm a good, I, got, I Googled it and I got the Blue Yeti microphone. I spent 100 and 150 bucks on it. It's a terrible <gasps> microphone. It is poorly made. It is a condenser microphone, so it is built to pick up all of the all of the uh, room around you. And Jack, just, we want them to sponsor our show. Not there goes our blue that. sponsorship. I just have to say, <laughs> Buy there are better mics else. out there. Talk, talk to any of us. Yeah, I had a client who was using one the other day, and it wasn't working. And, and it seemed like the culprit was actually the wire. And word to the wise, everyone. Those wires are not all created equal and a lot of them will, they will fail after a few months. And so, you know, make sure you have a new one available, but. And pro, pro tip and follow up on that, David, um, if you're buying cords on Amazon, sometimes you do get what you pay for. Look for something that is shielded as opposed to unshielded. Shielded like will that. often, will often uh, protect it from other wires. If another wire uh, touches it, if another wire uh, is near it, that buzz that that you can sometimes get shielded cables are better and spend a couple extra bucks on one. Can I pull back the curtain a little bit and show our audience just a little bit about how deep this Blue Yeti feeling goes? Sometimes in my DMs, Matt will slide in with uh, pictures of people with their Yetis to show me the terrible mic technique. That's that's how passionate we are about there, there are there are so many issues with the Blue Yeti, and if I get some podcast uh, ad in spam in my Facebook feed, and, <laughs> and they're using a Blue Yeti, I'm like, okay, well, you're not you 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 you've lost all your credibility. If you are using a Blue Yeti, 
Use it only for one person. Use the cardioid setting. It's like that little heart uh, between the dial. And make sure you speak into the side of it and not the end of it. And particularly the side that the logo is on, not the other side. If you must use it. You can sound good if you know what you're doing. Uh, but it, probably about 5 to 10% of people I've heard on a Blue Yeti sound good. And Doesn't I'm obligated. Face the knobs towards you, right? The the logo faces you. I, I don't have one in front the of me. The gain right? is, a, is away from you. Okay. Yep. But no matter my, what mic you're using, you do need to know whether you talk into this side of it or this side of it. And so, and I've been guilty of that. I went a whole month talking in the wrong end of the microphone oh. and <laughs> until I realized it. And I said, oh my goodness. So the, all mics are not created equal. Um, the Blue Yeti being the word. I have two Blue Yetis. They're in my studio. They're like on the bookshelf, props. you know? Yeah, they're, they're props, you know? <laughs> they're great paperweights. I, when I yeah. do a podcast presentation I have one in person, back on my bookshelf yep. right there. I yep. drop one on the floor and let it smash uh, in, in person <laughs> as a live presentation. If you have one of these, do this with it and drop it. Literal mic drop. Yes. I, I am obligated by parish ordinance to say Bandrew Scott has a great video on YouTube that shows people how to get the best sound they can out of the Yeti. But the 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 sad reality is you're there. It is. Thank you, Johnny. There, wow, Johnny. We're, if you're watching, the silver video, even. You can wow. See. It. By the way, they look good. That that's 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 the trick. But but the sad thing is there there are we've mentioned it before on this podcast. There are so many cheaper microphones that are much better that are much better than that. And um, the the uh, Jag, I'll give you credit again. Samson Q2U is what I always recommend. It's almost foolproof and. You, plug it in and it's great and it's like you typically 60 60 bucks, 60 bucks or so on Amazon. Uh, Johnny earlier you mentioned one that uh, did you did I hear you say there's a half decent mic out there for like 35 bucks? Do you know what it is? Yeah, or? I wouldn't recommend it for hosts. Um it's more of just okay, like we got to ship the guest a mic. So it's called the uh it's called the Audio Pro X5. It's $35 on Amazon. It looks really similar to this. Again, it's one of those microphones where you talk into the side, but in a correct environment when it's just sitting right here and it's plugged in and you're, and you're talking right into it, it, it gives a very, very good sound as opposed to nothing. Nothing. So <laughs> right. That, that is sort of the solution we arrived to because, you know, you know, these podcasts are like as a podcast host, I'm not expecting you to go, by the way, we need you to send them a $300 microphone and we're going to have a walkthrough on how to set it up. And just for every single F that's, it's just not reasonable to do. That is sort of a happy medium that you can have people do. And again, it's something they can set off to the side if they're going on a Zoom conference or something that now they have a good looking microphone and their audio is now 10% better. Especially if you're in an industry where your guests are going are sort of professional contacts or allies of yours or, or people that it, it wouldn't hurt if you curried favor with them. Imagine yes. how great that is, is not only are you inviting them to be a guest on the show, but I'm going to send you on a microphone. You know what? Keep it. It's, it's my gift to you. Um, think of the goodwill. So. Great tip, uh, Johnny. Every time they look at it, I have a, That's I have right. a, I have a client who uh, bought three Samsung Q2Us. She mails it to her guests and has them mail them back. And then she's had a couple times say a guest say, "Oh, this mic's really good," and, and she'll say, "Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Keep it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I would always say keep it because it gives me a stomach ache thinking of forcing those poor people to put it back in the box and put the postage. Yeah, now, anyway. now go to FedEx. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh God, I don't want to do that. I mean, this is your works, land, yeah. This is your right. lanyap. Oh, great uh, New Orleans term, uh, Catherine. At the end of the show, we'll tell you what it means. Um, <laughs> uh, Matt, you, you are you are up for uh, our next topic, if you have one. Yeah, it's the I don't edit crowd. People who don't <laughs> edit their show. 
I, I just, I don't understand. Anything you can record, you can make better. So why not take the opportunity to make it better? I, I, I don't get you. Put I just want work. my podcast to sound like it was a natural conversation. And I think that um, I think that if a, um, I think that um, if the conversation um, just accidentally well, you know. um, had, you know, a lot of, um, <laughs> you know, you know, um, well, you know, you know, uh, well, you know, I mean, you know, when you so um, Matt, well, could you describe your style? Are we talking every because? OK, so I will mention the Descript app again, which, by the way, is, is no longer perfect it's still good though but but it will it will transcribe your file and it will automatically take the us and ums out and other filler words that you would like but matt tell us what is is there ever uh too heavy a hand or do you try to try to take out all silences all filler words tell us about it so when i edit i like to take out all the unnecessary words so there's quite often a lot of people who they will start a sentence and then stop halfway and then start a new sentence. And the number of times that happens is kind of amazing because people are filling the air before they complete their thought and then they complete their thoughts. So there's lots of Absolutely. editing you can do. Ums, us, likes, you knows, all those things can go. Um, I don't use Descript. Um, I edit a lot by hand, but a few people around here do use Descript and really do enjoy the tools that come with it, which will automatically sweep those away. I know that there's a lot of people who do a YouTube show like this one, for instance, we're doing that right now. And then they take it and just put it up in, in a podcast form. Um, I edit this, by the way, there's not very much to take out because we're relatively seasoned pros. Um, but Is that the instance, recurring invoice I'm getting every week? <laughs> <laughs> Money well spent. Yeah. But there are parts of it. For instance, we will, I will take out things that are unnecessary. There's very little that is unnecessary in this show, but we do run it through and we do remove some things. So the audio, you have to make an audio experience for people as opposed. So if you're doing a live show, it's much different when it's in audio form. And I think you owe it to your audience to clean it up a little bit. It's a matter sure. of respecting, it's respecting your audience's time. If, if you leave every um in there, as a general rule, when I take out ums and uhs from a podcast, it's about 10% of the podcast. A 60-minute podcast will be 54 minutes when I'm done. A 30-minute podcast will be 27. On average, you know, your mileage may vary. But do you respect your audience enough to give them the three or six minutes out of their day back? We're all so busy these days. Or, or do you just expect them that whatever, they'll just give you that, that as much time as you ask them for? Can I give a non-um-uh editing example and I have a visual? Yep, sure. Oh, great. So, what you're looking at here is a multi-track. So V1 is the person that is not speaking. V2 is the person that is speaking. So all the scribbles is them talking. These little lines that you're seeing here are me as the host going, yep, hmm, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take all that out. Just let the person talk. It is it, it is it adds nothing to the podcast for the listener to know that the host is actually listening and responding and going, yeah, yep, yep. And you can do that very easily just by muting all of this if you're editing in multi-track. And that alone saves a ton of time because it allows the guests to just talk unimpeded without the host jumping in and going, yep, I understood that. Yep, I understood that. That's a given. We know that you as the host are listening to the guest. So we that's. Hope. Did you just draw that now? Yes. Well, well that talking. was well done. Um, and so I, one of the things ahead, I was going to suggest is that we um, is telling people to not talk over one another. Yeah. But it doesn't bug me too much because we can edit just in the fashion that you showed right there. 
Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff. There's coughing, you're clearing your throat, your phone starts buzzing, all of that stuff that can all be removed prior to the actual edit. And that's, that's getting more into the technical weeds of things, but it's good practice as a host when you're going through and recording an episode as your guest is talking, just, you can just sit there quietly you don't need to kind of fill the air or the pauses with, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. and maybe that's just something you have to think about and consciously change, but that will improve your speaking ability as a host. If you're able to do that. That also speaks to style as an editor too. I'll leave a few of them. I'll take most out to your point, Johnny, but I'll, I'll leave a, a, a just as a, just as a change of pace for the listener to hear a different mm-hmm. voice every, maybe every couple minutes or so, but not, but I'll leave a few of them. Or laughs, leave laughs in there. That's 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 well, sure. a natural one too. If you may say something that makes you laugh, or the person says a joke and you cut that out, then it sounds like the joke bombed. And the and you as a listener go, "Ooh, that was that sucked." But when somebody laughs at the end of a laugh, is usually a deep inhale. It's that. <laughs> yeah. Don't cut it. So, but but lower the volume on it significantly. Yep. So Johnny, I I think you're brilliant. We all do. But I'm going to push back on you a little bit on this one, and here's why. Because I I think. If now, if someone is is in this telling this tale and it's something emotional, then yes, I think it's the job of the host to shut the hell up uh, and just and just let this that story unfold as the person is telling it. But great podcasts are usually great conversations. Conversations have rhythms, rhythm a rhythm that is sometimes like a like a drumbeat almost carried on by the other person, and sometimes it is just saying filler words. And so I. I I think it's okay. Now there are, there are exceptions to every rule. And if someone has the, I used to do this. I used to, I used to say, right, right. And then I noticed I had said, right about a, you know, a thousand times. And that was, is like a nail through my brain. So if you, if the person has a crutch word or a crutch filler word, but there's nothing better than a, uh, than hearing two hosts that are like kind of in simpatico. And it's like, so, you know, I went to the grocery store the other day, and the person's like, yeah. And uh, oh, hungry again? No. I, and so maybe they're interjecting like a word here or there. But if it's, if it's moving the conversation forward, sometimes it's so, anyways, we need not no, have I a agree. whole I agree. It's like over a, this. But in that instance, yeah, it's like a call and response type of thing. It's like, oh, by the way, did you read, you know, Atlas Shrugged? If you mute that out, did they read Atlas Shrugged? Yeah, leaving in a yet. Yeah. I, I totally agree. My, my, I, I was really only talking about useless yeses and recall okay, responses right. to where it's just they kind of are just acknowledging that they're listening and and i but i totally agree with your point it's it should be a conversation and that all really comes down to style all right we're friends again johnny you're the best um <laughs> uh let's see Catherine, you disappeared from the screen for a moment we're glad to have you back would you oh, like to you. throw I- out a top would you like to throw out a topic Sure, I had to put some more coins in the old internet meter. Sorry, I didn't put enough when I pulled then. Because I'm so up to date. I'm going to come out with this one. And that is, and I'll just start off by saying, Matt has been a total mentor on this issue. And that is, if you have something that is evergreen content, do not be shy about set, promoting it again, sharing it again. It can be relevant again. If you have something, if there's something in the news, if you treat your your podcast as topical, that is how you're going to be able to know what people are talking about and be able to present your podcast episode again. Now, this is not the same as um, just, you know, like my. Oh, well, we talked about technical issues. 
And Catherine, you have failed. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Now, Catherine did clue us in beforehand oh, that she was having internet issues. And so we will, um, we can get back to that. It's at- <laughs> I'll pick it. I'll pick it up from there if you want. Our oh, diversity ahead, just went right out the window. What's going yeah. on here? Go ahead, I'm, Matt. Pick up that football. A lot of people just will market episodes once. It's like the week that it comes out. And then they never market it again. They think it's the only time people are going to listen to it is that week. And the fact of the matter is that 47% of your downloads are likely in your back catalog. So why are you just marketing the episode you put out this week? Go backwards and spend a little time every day marketing your old episodes. Think about your episodes as milk. At some point it expires and the content expires and you don't need to market it anymore. But if there's stuff that's still relevant, you know, from six months ago, promote it as if it were new. And I know that that there's a few classic rock radio listeners amongst us here, uh, looking at you, David, the most. Oh yeah. But but you know that's I mean somebody is going to listen to the Eagles Hotel California for the first time. Somebody's listening to Blue Oyster Cult. Don't fear the Reaper for the first time. It's still relevant. It's still good, and it is still being played and marketed as if it were brand new. It sounds good. So yeah, so would you market but- things more just once? Constantly do it. I, I totally agree. It's one of the, the, the great things about this medium. Don't forget, it is a library. It stays there, and it, it's not like a daily radio show where we're talking about what the temperature is at 7.30 a.m. It's, it's good stuff that you're going to want to hear later. My question to you, Matt, is w- would you ever – I sometimes have clients that say, oh, you know what, I didn't come up with a, an episode you know, this week or this month. Can you just rerun the one I did last year on this subject? So would you repost it to the feed or which, cause usually I say, well, there's kind of no need to do that. It's already on the feed, but what do you think about that? Mm, yeah, you can go ahead and put it at the front because I think you get the notification that would sure. be, that would come out and it sits at the top and it's what does sit at the top of the feed is, is the most important. Yeah. But why don't you spend some time coming up with some marketing tips to market the older episode? Right. And yeah. put your downloads for that episode in one place. I, I got a second what Catherine said about Matt. Matt is the master at this. I think I came on Matt's show and must have been two or three years ago. Every once in a while, I get a notification on Instagram. You know, Matt has tagged you in his story. And it's like, hey, check out my episode with Jag. And I'm like, cool, let me repost it. Let me send it to my audience every time. And you're like, don't repost that. I've learned so much in the past three years. I've sound like an idiot. <laughs> so I, that's my. Oh, I knew story. it all in 2019. That's the world's never going to change or anything. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So, so. Yes to all. Uh, you as the listener or the viewer might be saying to yourself, oh, but that's just so much work to just constantly coming up with new marketing material. A really easy way to do this, and I live on Twitter slash X. Um, a great way is to be following the people that have come on your podcast, have them follow you, be involved in those conversations. And if you come across a tweet or a post, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, where you see something relevant, where you're like, oh, we talked about that in the podcast. Grab the link, throw a comment up there. Be like, you and I, we, I remember talking about this in our podcast episode. It was great. Not now. Before, what you're doing is you're marketing your older episodes to your existing audience. Yes, a percentage of that, of that uh, demographic may not have heard the episode that you're talking about. But now you're reaching an entirely new audience of those people who are specifically interested in that person and that subject. Here's right. something brand new that's relevant, by the way. I have a whole library of other cool shit that I'm doing there too. Boom. 
constantly be doing that stuff too. It may, it may come out. Oh, is that annoying? Maybe don't do it all the time, but that is a good way to easily do that where you're just copy and pasting a link. We yeah, also make the, terrible assumptions, by the way, that everybody's been listening from the beginning and we all started with zero. Yeah. And I know somebody said, Oh yeah, I just discovered your show last year. And I'm like, just last year, where you been? <laughs> I'm like, but no, p- this is why we do the marketing, right? Because people are be- becoming introduced to the show on an ongoing period. At the same time, you have to remember some people likely dropped off as well. Maybe you became, you know, maybe they found other things to listen to. Matt, you want to share your birthday hack since you just did it for Dave's? Oh, you like that? Do you? I love it. It's, I a, love gra- this. it's a great one. And, and what it is, is when it's somebody's birthday on Facebook and they were a guest on your show. Hey, Jag, happy birthday. And thanks so much for coming onto my podcast. And then you put the link of the podcast on there because there's no better audience than the people who love Jag and they're all saying happy birthday and we'll see it. And it's, oh, Jag was on a podcast. I'd love to listen to that. That's genius, Matt, because there is, there are so many people like my, you mentioned me as a guest on your show. My birthday was last week and like everybody else on Facebook, I hear from 200 people who I never hear from the other 364 days of the the year. But if they see this, you know, it's in my feed. So they see it. Oh, he was a guest on a podcast. Well, maybe I'll take a listen to that. Sure. You, and you've, you, and now you've got hundreds of people who are completely unfamiliar with your show, tuning into your show for a reason. And, and then to kind of continue the thought from before, the dream new listener is the one who says, this is a pretty good show. I'm going to go back and listen to some old ones. And so, yeah, I, I would suggest and I'm guilty of this. I'll, I'll say on the pod. Oh, you know what? We talked about this on a pod. You know, last year we did about Cindy Lauper. You know, whatever. And then I just leave it. Really, if if you're doing that right, you should say check the show notes. We'll put a link in there so you can just go with one click and go listen to that back one. And then maybe to finish the thought, I don't know if anyone has further thoughts on this, but one of my pet peeves is when the host assumes the listener knows everything they're talking about, every little mm. inside, every, every little inside joke. Like the, you know, the co-host's, you know, brother is named Peter and he's a 'er ne'er-do-well. And and he said, did you hear from Peter again? And as a new listener, I'm saying, who the hell is Peter? Like, just remind yourself that the whole goal is to get new listeners. So don't refer to things offhand, little inside jokes. Now, it's okay to have recurring themes in the pod that your, your listeners enjoy, but, you know, put some restraints on that. Anyone else uh, find that at all? I think it's a great, no. uh, yeah, I, I, yes, I don't have a ton of experience with that just because again, a lot of the stuff that we we work, we all work on different stuff, but the way that I relate that to what I'm working on is as a host, it's a great way uh, to approach how you speak to your guests or how you interview your guests. Assume that the audience knows absolutely nothing. They are not an expert in what the subject matter is for today's episode. So what I like to call it is dumb questions first. So mm. you're asking the guest who is an expert in their field and you're like, well, I'm so sorry. I need you to dumb this down for me. Don't say because the audience doesn't know. I need you to dumb this down for me because I have no clue what this is. What is X? What is Y? What is Z? And then that we can use that as a base layer to get into sort of the nittier, grittier, more detail, getting into the weeds, for lack of a better term, of, of the conversation. So that is, a, is another way you can implement that. Yeah. And that happens all the time. You know, a guest will be like, well, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of Lucinda Gordon. And, you know, when I when I think about what she teaches and it's like, 
I've never heard of this person. And, and, yeah. and so that's a genuinely dumb question. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's somebody famous that I'm supposed to know. But if your instincts tell you, a lot of my listeners probably aren't going to know who the heck she's talking about right now. Like, stop them. Ask. Kate. Case in point, an hour before we recorded this podcast, one of my financial clients was doing a podcast and the, and the topic was a great topic. It was, if you're getting divorced, what does that mean for your mortgage? Fantastic topic. Very, you know, but the guest started getting into all sorts of rules and laws and things that that unless you were a mortgage broker, you wouldn't know what what the heck he meant. So the host, to her credit, stopped down and said, no, 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 let, let's back off here. And a lot of that is going to end up on the cutting room floor. And we're going to keep the part that is congruous for a layperson, again, me or the host or the audience to follow. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's a good from the guest perspective, too. If you're someone who's guesting on other podcasts because you're a subject matter expert, you should be able to dumb down what you're talking about into very simple terms. Like you're talking about, Jag, like with the like, so what happens in a divorce we're obviously splitting up assets, blah, blah, blah. You know who does a really good job of that is Elon Musk. Elon is is smarter than all of us combined, obviously. You're such an Elon stan. He, he, You're no, such a not, stan. Not all the way. Not all the way. You can't, you can't, I'm my personal opinion, you can't full you can't place anyone up on that pedestal. There, not everyone is the savior. Um, anyways, he does a very good job specifically at making very complex subjects that he talks about, whether it's building self-driving cars, whether it's the satellite thing, whether it's whatever he's trying to do into very basic terms. If you go to listen to him on Rogan, you can tell that he is way smarter than Joe, obviously, and that he's trying to break it down to him in very simple terms. And for the rest of us who have, who are way lower on that IQ spectrum, we can begin to sort of fathom what he's talking about. We've got, um, we've got time for maybe a couple more topics. Um, Johnny, you're next at bat. Do you have uh, something new for us or I'm going to bunt it to Jag. Okay, I, 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 I'm swinging and missing on this one. I think we're getting close to wrapping up anyway. Matt, so catch I'll it, catch, it, it, catch it, and carry it. Well, I'm a I Patriots fan. One, I can't, but... I can't hold the ball at this point. <laughs> Catherine's back. Ask another question, Catherine. <laughs> no, just, just let me be here. I have <laughs> See if it holds. Um, I have one. I have, oh, you go, Matt, and then, uh, and then I have one, and that may take us to the end. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, sh- just uh, show notes. Just they're too short stop wasting that opportunity. It's a good opportunity to, for some SEO um, apps. I know Google probably takes, takes a good sharp look at this too. Don't skimp on your show notes. I've seen one podcast company that just puts, please write and review the show as the show notes, (laughs) Um, which I think that that breaks two of our rules actually all at once, but yeah, don't skimp on the show notes. Matt, do you have template show notes that, that appear in every episode, in other words, you know, just specific to the podcast, not to that particular episode. Yeah, there's a little cut and paste action that goes on towards the bottom. And I know that hosts like Buzzsprout actually have like show notes footer area. I think Lipson may as well, where you can have, you know, some of the information that you're repeating every week appear at the bottom of the show yeah. notes area. Um, you can do that on YouTube as well. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a good tip because there's, you should. Sorry, go ahead, Dave. No, I just quickly, I was just going to say, if you're wondering why, you know, your podcast is about aluminum siding and nobody's finding it, maybe in the show notes, it should be, it should mention something <laughs> about aluminum siding. You know, I, I mean, it's, it's obvious, but people, are, those show notes are searchable, obviously. So Johnny, you were saying the, the aluminum siding <laughs> podcast market demographic is it's, crazy. Hell yeah, yeah. man. Um, what I was going to say is that like it's called Tin Men. 
if, if you want specifics of like what what we're talking about in terms of what should be defaults in your show notes, somewhere where people can follow you on social media, links to the guests on social media, whether it's their company, them on social media, links to what was discussed in that episode, whether it's like, oh man, this book really changed my life. Well, what if I really want to find the book? Oh, it's really easy. It's tappable in the show notes. I can order it on my Kindle. Boom, I now have it. And then the last thing would be uh, either an email for people to get in touch with you or some like links specifically to like, hey, tap this to, to follow the show or leave a review. Something, some, something where the call to action can, an action can be taken. Links to the transcription. Mm. Mm. Or your Why website, you podcast website. That's a good one too. I'm going to, I'm going to risk opening Pandora's box here. Um, but I have started using in limited ways, chat GPT for show notes. If you are not a writer and hate writing, uh, the free version of chat GPT now will let you train it on your own voice, uh, in terms of how you speak and what your cadence is as you write. And you can tell that, and you can, if you get a transcript of the podcast below is a podcast transcript. Um, please, some, please write show notes for this podcast in my voice. You have your show notes, and then you can say, hack here, please give me 10 keywords from this, co- from this podcast in one paragraph separated by commas. Copy, paste in your podcast app, done. And again, don't, don't just blindly do this. You're going to want to proof and tweak everything, but it can be a massive time saver, ChatGPT for show notes. I'm yeah, fine with what, that. Yeah, ChatGPT is a good spot for this because you're not writing a, a short story worthy of like, you know, Stephen King or Robert Frost. It, it's, you're writing show notes. You just want the info there, really. I mean, you want it to be correct, but I'm, I'm with you. That's a good tip, uh, Jack. And the great, um, the great thing behind that, Jack, just the final thing on it, is once you do that two or three times, the, 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 the bot learns how you like it. And then you can continue to give it rules. Don't ever put, don't ever use words like tune in now. Don't ever use words like follow, subscribe to the show. Only use the words follow. And you can get it to a point where it is literally just a, cu- a dropping it into the chat box and the prompt is away and you're getting it really quickly. It does take some work. It, it is hard to get what you want specifically. But once you figure out the, the key to that with ChatGPT is you have to ask it the correct thing. You have to tell it exactly yeah. what you want in as much detail as possible and constantly be refining it for it to be able to understand what you need. And at at risk of getting kicked off once again, if you or your client has an email list, because email lists are extremely valuable, have a link in the show notes for them to get on, for a listener to get onto your list. Here, here. We're not going to have time for my last topic, which drives me straight up the wall. But just please make sure you listen to your guests and what they're actually saying and react to that and ask questions about what they're actually saying, because you'd be amazed how many people miss that and miss turning a great conversation into just, uh, you know, pablum. Anyway, it is time for the super friends to return to the hall of justice or the fortress of solitude or McCleary's bar down the way, if you guys want to come by. Um, but <laughs> let's, uh, let's sign off and um, say farewell. Matt, you want to start with that, please? Matt Kundle, the sound off podcast network based out of Winnipeg, Canada. Catherine, before your internet cuts out again, I think we've got a few good seconds here. Go. Guess who's going to be the owner of a brand new router by the next time we see each other? This is Catherine O'Brien signing signing off from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Johnny, follow me on Twitter at Johnny Podcasts. And Jag, John Gay, Jag in Detroit Podcast. Social media is Jag in Detroit. Website is jagindetroit.com. 
And I'm David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network. It's pod617.com. Thanks so much for listening all. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Super friends in Pod We Trust. Thanks for listening to the podcast Super Friends. For a transcript of the show or to connect with the Super Friends, go to the show notes of this episode or go to soundoff.network. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. Come on a journey like no other where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.